You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Nooner Show with Jackie and Denise. Tell me you love me, I need a good laugh, I'm holy water, you need a good bath, whiskey and perfume, you had a nightcap, now how about that? I've got a new friend, a perfect stranger, he's got a bullet with your name in the chamber, I'm body organ, rearranger, you feel my danger. Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We are broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios high above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. You can find us at DetroitPodcast.com. It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. And it's hump day. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. So we, we're starting off with a debate on who, which bitch gets the last <laughs> word here. And our guest just told us it's, he gets the last yeah, word. He's, he's he, the bitch. Yeah, he said he likes the, like this song, and he, but he's the bitch. Yeah, he's the bitch. So, <laughs> he thinks he's going to get the last word today. Uh, he has here, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know he knows you, but he's never met me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what I used to say to my kids. You get the last word. Yeah. You're, you're the yeah. bitch that gets, gets the, the last, last word. word. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, we do argue over who gets the last word. But yeah. yeah. All in all, that works out pretty well. It's pretty even. Yeah. So it's Wednesday already. It is. Yeah. Fourth of July coming up. I know. What are you doing? Weekend. I'm working. What are you doing? <laughs> Let me guess. You set me up for that. Vacation, aren't you? Just because it's the fourth of July or the third of July or the fifth of July, it doesn't matter. Or the third of December, the fourth of December. Time out. I know you tell everybody what you said before we went on the air. What did I say? You come on. Okay, I did say I'm so glad that you are. Taking having us take time off. I, I really am. No. I know. Oh, listen. Yeah. See, Brian's looking like he doesn't know what we're talking about. So she's always giving me heck because I don't work in the summer, which I yeah. do. I mean, it's summer, yeah. right? Here yeah. I am. Yeah. But uh, this is not work. Though. Oh, there. no, this is <laughs> just fun. Go. That's this true. Fun. Yeah, it's going to get even more fun. But um, Denise, no, I have to say you are well balanced and you have a good balance on life. You really do. Well, thank Seriously. you. Seriously, I know you tease me a lot. I, but I, I tease you because an... I'm jealous. Right. No, That's it. yes, it is. Well, I'm jealous of your amazing work ethic. And mm. no, you're not. You just go. <laughs> no, you're not jealous at all. I know you're not jealous, and it's okay. It's okay. But well, anyway, no. so you push me to be a better co-host. I know that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're a great co-host. But anyway, so what are you doing over the? Fourth? Well, <laughs> we're leaving on Friday. Okay. We're heading to Indian Beach, North Carolina. Okay. Um, we're driving, so it'll be a nice How long How long of a drive ride. is that? It's about 14 hours. Oh, I'm wow. Taking a, I'm taking a couple of books and all those magazines you just gave me. Thank oh, you, good. by the way. Okay, and, great. And um, yeah, Rebecca and Duncan will be in the back seat. And Bob Rachel. And 
Rachel, what I say? Rebecca. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. Becca's not coming. <laughs> uh, okay. Becca's working. I have two kids, Rebecca and Rachel, and they are always asking me why I can't keep them straight. <laughs> Mom, really? I have three kids. I can't keep them straight. Like, so. do you call John Paul Olivia sometimes? No, that I don't do. Okay. But I'll call him Gia after my dog. <laughs> there you go. I do that too. <laughs> Bella is Becca and Becca's Rachel, and uh, I get confused. Brian has three boys. Do you ever call them the wrong name? No. No. Oh man, they're all very unique unto themselves. Oh, mm. so I don't really—I never got them mixed up. What are their names? <laughs> Dante, Anton, and Jeremy. Oh, oh wow! Well, that's why they don't yeah. all have the same first. You know, Rachel, Rebecca, Rebecca. Robert, <laughs> <laughs> Bella. Bella, where Bella come from? <laughs> Bella, yeah. Um, so, Detroit. so what are you doing? T- tell everybody what you're doing. Well, no, Fourth of July is is the busiest day of the year for our pizzeria because there's a great parade in town. It's a it's a it's a small town, and thousands of people come out for it, and it's it's just a lot of fun. We get to see a lot of our customers that John and I don't normally get to see on a day to day basis. So, I was thinking about that when you told me it was the busiest day, mm-hmm. and I was thinking. Don't people grill out hot dogs and hamburgers? But the parade, it's the parade. Yeah, it's the parade. It's a big ice cream day. It's, and they come into town. There's music, a lot of different events, and it's a social thing for them. Well, and you have a pretty unique pizza parlor. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, a music-themed yes. pizza parlor, and so it's kind of a you know cool place. We're actually going to have entertainment there Wonderful. that day. Anybody you want to talk about? Um, Devin, and I, well, you saw Devin. She... Um, she played with Rocky, yes. yes. So oh, wonderful. Devin and her boyfriend, actually her boyfriend did bass with Rocky last, oh, wonderful. the last show, and they're going to do an acoustic set. Oh, so, good. And yeah. we're hoping to have our anniversary party there. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, for the Nooner we Show. We should talk to Dave about that. That would, so, be, that would be fun. That would be a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it's almost a year, Denise. I know. doesn't feel like it, no. does it? No. And do you, you think a- after 30 years of you and I being together, we'll still say that? <laughs> I don't know. You are thinking thirty years, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> we both just celebrated our thirty our thirty well, well yours you is coming did. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yours is coming Mine's up. Mine's in August. But, so Yeah. So well we yeah. got we gotta get our guests. We've got too much to talk about I with know. our guests. We better get to that, don't you think? I think so. All right, so is it time for our favorite segment? It is all time right. for our favorite Can I segment? ring the bell? Go ahead and ring the bell. You've been telling me what to do sip. all morning. I just want to make I sure. I have not. <laughs> Why do you say that? You don't listen anyway. <laughs> Shh, don't say that. Bob will be not. He's not in his head right now. She'll listen to me either. Mm-hmm. But it is time for our favorite segment. What's the wish? What's the way? What's in the way? And it, this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Well, what do you get when natural talent meets personal passion? You get a multi-talented musician, businessman, and visionary named Brian Pastoria. His stunning resume includes founding the popular bands Adrenaline and DC Drive, being inducted into Michigan's Rock and Roll Legends Hall of Fame, and to credits of working with notable artists such as Aretha Franklin, P. Diddy, and The Four Tops, just to name a few. But like many dreams, and we know that dreams come with challenges, Brian's road to success did not come without problems and setbacks. And as written in the song Road of the Gypsy, it's been 20 long years, the fire's still burning, the wax on the candle melts like tears, you know it don't come easy. However, his love for music and for the city of Detroit continues to power his purpose. Today, Brian is involved in several new business ventures, which we're going to hear about, including serving on the board of the Detroit Music Museum Project. 
Welcome to the Nooner Show, Brian Pastoria. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, we're we've already had some great conversations. I, I wish they'd all been recorded, but we'll hopefully be able to bring those back into this conversation. Yeah. Um, I did forget to mention one thing, hmm. and I know this is directly related to Brian, but tomorrow morning at ten o'clock on Live in the D, which is Channel yes. Four mm-hmm. WDIV. Yes. Um, John Paul is going to be on that show. Right. Oh yeah. Right. So Very exciting. And tune in. It'll be. I, and I'm, Brian is part of this whole team or with John Paul and Rocky. So right. he, he knows so, all the scoops. So he could talk about John Paul this entire hour. But, but we're not going to but be, we're we're talk not, about Brian Pastore. We're not going to let him. But, I love yeah. JP and Rocky both. but And they yeah. love you. Thank you. Thank so you. we're not going to go there with that right but now. But do tune, because, t- tune in tomorrow morning. Yes, yeah, 10, 10 o'clock. o'clock. Yep. Um, I, I have to tell you, Brian, I know you. You know, I've known you for a while, but I, it wasn't until we started researching for the show. I had no idea how much stuff you've done in the music world. And your portfolio is just huge. In fact, Denise called me when she started doing research, and she called me and she said, <laughs> this guy has done everything. Where do we start? <laughs> How are we going to fit this in yeah. in our show? Yeah. And so we, we went back and forth about it. It's like, wow, what's going on right now is so, uh, you know, amazing and wonderful. However, I think we both agreed that we would be remiss in our um, duties as interviewers if we didn't take you back to the day and talk about the great run you had with Adrenaline and DC Drive. So are you okay with that? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, It's a big part of my life, and uh, it's a big part of my heart. Okay. So I was looking at all the pictures on your website and going back and reading some articles and, you know, just taking a trip down memory lane myself. And I had such a feeling of nostalgia looking at those pictures. Uh, I'm from the same day. So how do you feel when you look at all those pictures and all those memories and what comes I, to mind? I feel blessed. Um, my motivation for wanting to be in a band was, number one, making great music and making it with people that I felt close to and that I loved. And I was able to do it with my brother and uh, the Romeo brothers and uh, Bruce Schaefer. The five of us went to St. Veronica's grade school together. And uh, then I met Mike Haggerty, who we everybody called Flash back in the day, and he went. Him and I went to high school together. So, you know, we we had such a great uh, between the, the the friendship with all of us was so special. And uh, our singers, uh, Mark Gilbert and Dave Larson, you know, and uh, you know that whole experience together. It was so family oriented. We had a road crew called the Midnight Express, and. You know, my brother David was a part of that, and our close friends from the neighborhood were a part of that. So we'd go on the road with, you know, 12, 15 people, and we were all, it was like a family and traveling and touring. So, you know, at the time it was just what we knew and what we wanted to do. But I look back now and I think how blessed and fortunate we were to be able to share so many years together and open up for Aerosmith and Bob Seeger and all our rock and roll heroes. Mm-hmm. that we love so much we were able to meet a lot of them and you know play with them on the road and tour with them and you know I look back now at that 20 years later and I think what a blessing to be able to do that you know and not everybody gets to you know the point of being a superstar and all that kind of stuff 
that's not that should never be the motivation for doing that. Mm-hmm. It should be all about the music and who the people are that you're playing with and you know doing the music with. And I see all the bands that do make it big. There's a special friendship there, and there's a special unity that goes on. So, you know, um, I I just think it was uh, you know very cool that we were able to do what we did, and um, very grateful for it. Do your sons like what do they think about it? You were a rock and roll star. Well, you know, they like it. I mean, we don't talk about it a lot. They see it. They see it on, you know, YouTube or they see the stuff and they hear it when we go to the Detroit Music Awards and mm-hmm. I introduce them to my a lot of my friends and all that. But, you know, they have their own lives and their own inspirations. And, you know, I think they appreciate all that. But, you know, uh, you know, in their lifetime, they've never really seen us you know, outperforming and doing all that. So it's just a YouTube video. And, sure. Are, you know, any, are any of them interested in music or pursuing yeah. music? Oh, yeah. They're all interested. They're, you know, um, Anton is really into production and he's mm. working on production now. And Dante loves music, plays guitar. He played drums. And my son Jeremy is uh, an actor. He goes to the Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts. Oh, wow. And he's been doing plays since he was like eight years old. And he sings and he does, you know, he did dance classes. And he he just loves the whole theater uh, performance thing. So, and I don't push him on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a passion in his heart. And that's the way it's got to be. We support him. But it, the the drive and the determination comes right from him. You know, he loves it. And all my boys are great. You know, it's the biggest thing I'm proud. Most thing I'm most proud of is you know I got three great boys and a great wife. Oh, that's great. Now, did did any one of them threaten you in eighth grade? You know, if you didn't bring, get them a drum set, <laughs> I, I read that you threatened your parents when you were in eighth right, grade. If you don't, out. yeah, I'm going to drop out of school if you don't get me a drum set. Yeah. You, they they wanted you to play piano. Oh yeah. When, <laughs> when I was growing up, there was no drum set in the house. Um, we had a piano in the basement. My dad was an accordion player. My my grandpa was an accordion player, and. My da- my mom and dad were right when they told me when I was like eight years old, and I really wanted to start playing drums. And after I saw the Beatles, and I saw Ringo, I just I said that's that is so unbelievable. That's where I want to be, you know. And I wanted to play drums. I wanted to be Ringo. And you know, they said my my mom and dad said you have to play piano first. That is the core instrument. And if you learn the piano, you can play any instrument. And I thought, oh, okay. Mm. So I did for three or four years. I played. My brother was great. I was okay. I went through the motions. But then when I turned 13, I was in eighth grade. And I really was getting into rock and roll. And I I was watching my neighbor play his drums. And I would go to his house and play, you know, Honky Tonk Woman and Satisfaction. (laughs) You know, and all those things. And... You know, my parents wouldn't get me a drum set at that. And I just said, listen, I think I'm instead of going to high school, I'm going to just quit school and get a job and I'm going to buy my own drum set. And they laughed at me. Yeah, I bet uh, that went over real well with Italian parents. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I think they laughed, though, because they already had it in their mind what they were doing. And uh, on Christmas, I got my blue Slingerland, you know, sparkle drum set, my first drum set. And... uh, from that point on, it was just, you know, playing records and learning how to play drums by all the great drummers. So the the part of the show is called What's the Wish, What's the Way, and What's in the Way. And, you know, the beginning of um, any project or dream when you start out is always exciting and fun. But 
then what happens is uh, the setbacks and the challenges and the problems you come your way and you're not prepared for them. How, because you guys had quite a few pretty big setbacks in the beginning, yep. how did you keep, keep going, going yeah. and not think that that was a sign that you should get out of it, throw in the towel and do something different? Well, the first thing was we loved being around each other and we felt a good support amongst each other and with our families because our families were also close and, you know, that was a great thing. But I'll tell you, the real thing I look back on it now was faith. And, you know, we, we grew up in, you know, like, like I said, five of us went to St. Veronica's, you know, so we learned a lot about faith and, you know, believing in yourself and, you know, overcoming obstacles. So, you know, when we went through the, a lot of the things that we went through, that was a big piece of it that, you know, yeah, you went through, we went through a tough time, you know, I mean, our lead singer died in 1980, you know, and he was our big brother and he was somebody that we loved very much. And it was, it was very eye opening, you know, and it really, it got us to the point of, you know, why are we doing this? You know, is it just to be a rock star? Is it just to get girls? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, why are we doing this? So you search for that why and, you know, you realize it's, it's about the music and it's about the people you're with. So we put that first and foremost. Hmm. And, uh, and it worked because I look back on it now and I'm so grateful for that. Right. You know, and, you know, I, I don't look at, oh, we had bad breaks and we had this and we had. I said, hey, man, I had a riot touring with my best friends, playing great music. And still today, people still listen to our music. Thank God right. for social media. I get to see people on Facebook and Twitter and right. they talk about Road of the Gypsy or Don't Be Looking Back and all the songs that meant so much to them. That's why we did this, you know, was the songs and impacting people and you know, you you know, we also did a lot of stuff in the in the community and with you know Mother Waddles and mm-hmm. raising money for Mother Waddles and feeding people and you know it, it was all part of why are we doing what we do? If we have a voice, let's let it be heard in a positive way. Wow! And you know, we looked at like when don't be looking. If you look at our songs, you know that's reflective in there, and I, I can look back on that and listen to those words and say, right on. You know, that's cool. Twenty long years and the fire's still yeah. burning. Yeah, yeah, those are candles. great lyrics. You know, it's like what's going on now. Twenty long years since I've been, we've been gone, and the fire's still burning. Right, <laughs> right. Which, two things I want to talk about. Um, what we were talking about earlier, and right. what what do singers, you know, what should they be doing with their voice? And I mean that in a bigger sense. But before we we talk about that. Um, you, you mentioned Road of the Gypsies. We're going to be playing that to wrap up the show tonight. But I'd love to talk about that song. Mm-hmm. I know it was part of the soundtrack for a movie, Iron, yeah. Iron, Iron Eagle, Eagle, correct? The words are spectacular, the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, the message in it. Tell me about writing that. Well, it was, it was funny. Uh, you know, when uh, we were on the road, uh, I, had a, I was, I was uh, in a restaurant, and I had my headband on and long hair and you know, I was looking the part, so to speak, and <laughs> this old, old Italian guy was standing next to me, and he, he looks at me and goes, so what do you do? And I said, I'm a drummer. And he says, you're a drummer? I said, yeah, a drummer in a rock and roll band, and we tour around the country. He says, oh, you're on the road, huh? 
You're on the road. You're a gypsy. You're on the road, gypsy, right? Oh, you're wow. a gypsy. And I said, Yeah, road of the gypsy. <laughs> and I wrote it down. And I said, Man, that's a good song title. You know, I, I was I loved Bruce Springsteen, and I always read like Bruce would always like listen to people and hear things and you know watch movies and get inspirations for songs and. You know, when, I, when this guy said, Gypsy, you're a gypsy, you're on the road of the gypsy. And I thought, wow, that's really a cool, that's a cool name of a song. And I told my brother, and he loved it. So he immediately started writing the music, and he came up with the music. And, you know, he came up with some of the lyrics, and then I chimed in with more lyrics, and we just went to work on it. And we, at that point, we had already been through a lot, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a band, and you know, we lost our singer, um, and then we got a new singer, and we went through stuff with the record labels and, right. you know, payola scandals and, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of weird stuff and embezzlement scams and, you know, still overcoming all these things. So we really wanted to have a song that kind of told the story of what we were going through with a positive outcome, you know, like, yeah, the wax on the candles melts like tears. You know it don't come easy, the road of the gypsy. Wow. And, um, you know, it just just made sense. And then the band was so awesome that, you know, we had the music and it all came together. We went to New York and we cut the you know basic track of it. And our producer heard it. And he loved it. Vinnie Poncia loved it and said, this is a song. This is a song. So we ended up cutting it for real. And wow. then it became the soundtrack. Yeah, it was on the uh, in the Iron Eagle movie and. Don Grierson from Capitol Records, when he heard it, he loved it and said, this is really the, like the theme song for the movie. And Queen had a song in there and Twisted Sister and a lot of big bands. And, you know, I think Road of the Gypsy, it ended up being three or four times they played it during the movie. But it was like it kind of told the story. Right. And, you know, that helped. And we were in the process. We were in between MCA, uh, Rockshire Records, which was part of MCA, when the movie came out and the song came out, then MCA, the parent company, said, hey, we got to get these guys back on track. Let's take some of these songs off that last American Heart record. Let's do Road of the Gypsy and your other new song, Summer Nights, and let's put a new album out and get you back out on the road. So, you know, that's, uh, it, it's, you know, I, <laughs> I look back and I listen to the song today again. I just, Say wow, man! At least it stands the test of time. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, I thought the Definitely. same thing when I when I listened yeah. to it, read the lyrics, and we're going to play it. Like I said at the end of the right. show, so mm-hmm. everybody get a chance to if you don't already know it. But uh, thank you. Um, so just for a minute, because I know there's a lot of things to talk about. But before we went on the air, we were talking about uh, musicians who you know have a voice and what do they use it for. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what you were t- telling Jackie and I before we went on the air. Like, you know, what do you think musicians can do and what do you think we need more of from musicians, from artists? Well, I, I really like to see more young people have a positive influence in their music. I think a lot of the young people are being driven by their labels and producers trying to do something outrageous to get noticed or to get, a you know, 10 million views on YouTube and you know, I think the way to get 10 million views on YouTube is to be a great artist, to have a great song right. and a great performance. And uh, I think there's so much going on in our world today that I think, you know, music is a, a, a real bonding thing with people. And there's so much negative music out there and yeah. violent. Our whole pop culture has become so negative and violent between 
the music and the lyrics and the video games. You know, when you see these video games, they're so real. And I think kids, years and years and years of listening to negative, violent music and violent video games, I think to have new artists come out and make it cool to be classy and to do inspiring music and to write about a lot of the bad things that are happening in the world between people and between, you know, cultures, you know, musicians can have such a positive voice. So if the young people, and I got to say, Jackie, um, JP and Rocky, you know, your kids, they're, they're amazing because not just because they're talented, but because of what they're saying and the, you know, and I know they're not, they're not thinking, Oh, I want to be the positive. I want to be the, they're just that, Mm-hmm. That's the way they are. And I think that you. more young artists we need to have inspire other young artists to say, hey, man, it's cool to just be cool. Yeah. And not to be outrageous. And, right. You know, right. do stupid things and say right. stupid things. You Don't, know? Isn't that sort of what Adele represents, though? I mean, yeah. she's she there's no big show behind her. She um, she's classy and uh you know, it, she's not an angry singer, and she she it's just her voice. I mean, yeah. she's an incredible singer, and she's selling out all over the world. So is, I, people, isn't she changing the game, sort of? Yeah, I do think she is. Uh, Bruno Mars. Right. You know, I think Bruno is, is phenomenal. Yeah, I do, too. And, you know, there are, there are some young artists out there that are doing that, mm-hmm. but there's not enough. Right. And the negative is overtaking... The positive, you know, and even when I see the TV shows, you know, and and it's it's I don't I don't blame the artists because the artists have the freedom to say and do what they want to do, but I blame the industry, right, for allowing this. When I watch the 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 video awards, you know, and they got all this crazy stuff going on, it's like why do you allow this in the broadcast? This is about music in the videos. Why are we? You know, showing, right. you know, stupid things, you know, and Miley Cyrus doing all the dumb stuff that she does. And, yeah. You know, it's like she's a talented girl, but come on. Right. Let's if you're that talented and you have those people behind you, you don't have, have a good influence on know that young people are watching you and that you have an influence on them and that you're this world is going to be a better place when they're influenced by positive music. Right. Well Simple. said. Yeah. Well said. Well, I'd like to keep talking about that because that's so fascinating. But you have so many business ventures going on that we need to touch Let's, base on those right. for sure, right? right? So why don't we start with 360? Yeah, 360 Access. I'm really excited um, in 360 Health Group. Um, my dear friend in life, uh, Bijan Maradi, he's just a, a really incredible man, uh, an incredible family. And we've been friends for 15 years plus and we got into the on the uh, IT side. He was doing websites back in the day when MySpace was starting. You know, I learned so much from him about marketing. And when social media got really huge and, you know, all that was developing, he and his team started putting together social media marketing tools that are second to none. And I loved it because no matter what, we do in music, no matter how great the music is. And we worked with some great artists like the Velvet Hearts out of the UK, you know, and um, a lot of different artists that we were working with over the years. They, you make great music. What you need at the end of the day is marketing. 
Right. It needs to get to people's ears. How do you do that? Back in the day, we could go in the studio and record a song like we did with Gimme Gimme Good Lovin' in 1979. We recorded the song, and we uh, we ended up going to uh, – our producer played it for Doug Podell, and uh, he was at uh, uh, W4 at the time. And he was able to take the song immediately and go on the radio in two days – and I heard it while I was in my car driving down the road. I heard the wow. opening of the song and I went, oh, my God, we're on the radio. Wow. <laughs> That's marketing. Right. And then when Doug would, you know, get behind it and then the other DJs at W4 would say, oh, this is a great song. Then they would play it. So that's marketing. That's gone. Right. That don't happen today. Right. You know, they don't they just don't play. First thing they do when they hear a song, oh, that's a good song. How many views on YouTube? You know, how many Facebook likes do they have? You know, it's like. It's a whole different world. So when I got the opportunity to work with Bijan and his team, and he brought me in as a partner in 360 Access and doing social media marketing, I thought that with everything we're doing in music, this is a great piece of the puzzle for me to be on the marketing side because music, even if we're working with the 360 Health Group and we're working with doctors, we need music to reach people. If we're working with businesses and doing branding for them, you know, a Coke and a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew, whatever, you know, working with them, music is the way to communicate with people. And music is so powerful in social media. So everything we're doing with 360 Access, we can, you know, we, we, what we have is a, a social media search engine. When people are having conversations, we can find what people are talking about and we can get with them. We can locate them. We can see what their personas are about. Everything is public. We do it all according to the rules and regulations of all the social media firms. And it's just a, a phenomenal way to reach people, to engage with them, and to turn them on to new and good and positive things. So I'm really, I feel really happy to be involved with what we're doing with 360 Access and 360 Health Group. And uh, I think it's going to be game-changing. So is this a company where um, an artist who's trying to uh, build their brand or define who they are, reach new uh, listeners, is, are, would, you, would they go to you, to this yeah. company? Is that how that works? Yeah. Well, what, what it, what it, what, the way to, that we're looking at it is with the artists, because we're working in a lot of different areas too, but with the artists, we want to work with sponsorships, because companies, you know, when the music industry now is, is really moving towards sponsorship, subscription, and streaming. Those are the three main things. Selling music is great, but people have to love you first. And they have to really get your brand. And the big brands, just like in the NFL and the NBA and the MLB, sponsorship is what makes everybody all their money. The sponsors. And the music industry is going to be the same way. The industry is going to look at an artist like JP, and they're going to say, hey, we want that audience. How do we do that? So we would work with a, uh, you know, whoever it might be, uh, you know, Ford Motor Company. And Nike. they might say, hey, we want to reach the millennials. So we're going to do that by getting behind JP and promote him. And when you go there, you can say, hey, and if you, got, you need an oil change, you know, click here and go to your nearest dealership for an oil change. If you like this song, download it for free. You know, those kind of things. And the, the, the companies, the big brands, will pay for the artists in the promotion. Mm -hmm. You know, because most artists, again, today, 
yeah, they would come to us, but it still costs money to do this. Right. But what we do is bring together the sponsorship with the artist, with the music. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. But how do you find the artist then? Well, with our ears. Okay. And we have relationships. Mm -hmm. And we know a lot of people in the industry. And, you know, I have a great friend in New York, Tommy Valentino. Mm -hmm. And he knows everybody. Yes. So I haven't met him. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't know Denise. Tommy's great. He is great. We've been friends for... 25 years, and I met him when I was in DC Drive. And Tommy's just one of the great, great music guys I've ever met. Yes. And he's an attorney, and he knows everybody at BMG, at all Universal, Sony, Mm -hmm. you know, Warner Brothers, um, you know, at the William Morris Endeavor. And uh, his wife, Nancy, is incredible. And she is, you know, she's got a whole world going on. So, you know, what we want to do is connect with the major players, the leaders in this industry, and a lot of those people that are letting a lot of this negative stuff come through, we want to go back to those same people and say, listen, we're starting a new movement here, wow. and we want to work with you, and we're going to bring sponsorship to it. Mm-hmm. That's what these guys want to hear, because then they don't have to put up as much money. Right. And we start creating campaigns, you know, and doing it when, you know, an artist has a sponsor because they're getting a lot of views. And if we have a great video and a great song, we can drive the traffic. We can find if an artist has got the same um, uh, audience as Usher or Bruno Mars. Well, tens of millions of people love those artists. We can find those people on social media and drive those fans to a landing page with new music. And if it's great, which it has to be great to begin with. Right. You're not driving traffic to mediocre. Right. you got to start with great. Right. So, you know, I know between, you know, what I'm hearing, what Tommy's hearing, and a few close people that we have in our circle, if they're all going thumbs up, you know, okay, we got the song. Now let's start the program. So this is really the new way to to break an artist. Totally. And then you're going to get into subscriptions. In my opinion, once the artist starts gaining momentum with visibility – We want you to subscribe to the artists so you can subscribe to an artist and get their music for free. So if you pay, say, $10 to subscribe to them, you get all their music that they put out that year on digital downloads. You can get uh, discounts on uh, merchandise. You can get first dibs on tickets for the concerts when they come and you can see backstage when they do sound check and they do interviews. You can just pull it up on your phone and that, that money would go to the artist. And guess what? If, and I see it with my kids, with, with my boys. When they love an artist, like my son Jeremy loves Ariana Grande. He mm-hmm. thinks she's just amazing. And he got the digital downloads. But guess what? He bought the CD because he wanted it. Yeah. And then he bought the vinyl. And when he asked me to order the vinyl, I said, well, you already have the CD. It doesn't have the same songs. He said, yeah, but it sounds better. And I'm like, this is a 14-year-old boy telling me that it sounds better on vinyl. And he wants – you know why he was buying it, though? Because he loved the music. Right, right. And it didn't matter that he had – so now the subscription plus buying the, the CD and the vinyl is like merchandise. Right. And they have no problem buying that. Right. And guess what? When you when you have an album and you put it out, that's why artists don't make any you know any money because the label gets all the money first. And they're lucky to get a dollar a record when it's sold 
after they've paid all the money back that the label has spent. Well, if you subscribe to the artist in the new world and you're maybe on an independent label like ADA, which is part of Warner, hey, that $10 goes to the artist. So what's wrong with giving them 12 songs? I would have only got a dollar if they bought my CD. Wow. Interesting. And yeah. so, you know, when like Macklemore, they're, they did it on independently. And I really like what they're doing, you know, the musically and the way they promote themselves, the way they get behind their videos, they see the whole new world and they've put out an independent record. They've sold four or five million records. And guess what? 80% is going to them. Wow. You know, so, you know, they're seeing like now they can say, hey, man, subscribe to us and the next record will just send you the downloads, 10 bucks. And you'll discounts on tickets you'll get first dibs on tickets you'll get discounts on merchandise shirts hats you know all these things so you know i just see it as a you know a whole new world yeah and i think it's exciting i what, what, what's exciting to me is i grew up in an era where i i look now at the history of the eagles and i see you know so many artists you know that are out there in their 70s still touring you know and have to work after they've had so many hits, right? why do they have to work? You know, and I know most of them love it, but they still have to, to pay the bills. Right. And why? After all that, and that streaming is happening, where's that money going? Why do these guys have to go into their, you know, late phases of their life on a tour bus when they should just be really just enjoying it? Right. You know, so I think the model was wrong to begin with. Wow. My personal opinion, it's 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 the only industry where you can create something so original to that artist or that person. Nobody else could sing it like that. Nobody else could deliver it like that. And a lot of times they have bands. Nobody can play it like that. Yet they, somebody else is benefiting from it. So what advice would you give an aspiring, you know, somebody that's got a great song and got a great voice? What would you tell them to do? It's well, such a big world, and, and so much of what you've said, it, I find it fascinating. But where would you start? Well, you know, you've got to have right representation, too, because it is a big world. And so you have to find somebody that's going to take you to the right place. But I think, you know, social media is a great place. If you've got great music, it's a great place to get a buzz going and you can get creative and get with somebody that's funny or get with some of these YouTubers, you know, or guys like Zach sang, you know, and Zach is, you know, he's out there. He's in early twenties. He's like the new voice of radio and he's looking for new things to promote. And, you know, Zach is incredible. And so you have to, you know, go down that road. I think for an artist to think more today of being independent, I think is huge because when you're independent, it's just the bottom line when you have success is completely different. And getting into the new media, I call it the new media music world. And uh, I say, you know, get as many people liking your music as possible, get the right representation 
and uh, you know, get with 360 access, and uh, we can make something happen. <laughs> so they can they can get with you then. They can contact you. And artists yeah. that's listening today can go on your website and contact you and submit their music and and get a consultation. Yeah, well, we're not or? set up to sub- submit music because we we haven't really gotten to the point of actually having the 360 access music. Okay, that's that's in the works now. Okay, so once that happens. Absolutely. Okay. We'll be able to do that. Okay. But I'm always interested in hearing for our own our own internal company. Mm-hmm. If I hear somebody that I think is a star like JP, when I heard him, I heard you know not only what he did with Seven Years and you know the song uh, for the graduation and changing the lyric. That's what I really loved is he changed the lyric and made it positive. There was some negative lyrics in that song, and when mm-hmm. I first heard it, I was like you know. Uh, okay, why did he have to say that? And then when I heard JP's version, it was about graduation and making your parents proud. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. And then he does an original song because my first thing when I heard that was like, oh my God, we got to get an original here in this mix because people see he's doing a cover. They're going to want, and then he does, you know, Hot Mess. And I'm like, oh my God, this new original song, this is how you make things happen. That's the buzz. That that's kind of the model for what we're talking about, because we can look at this and get this buzz going. Then we can go to a Mountain Dew or a Pepsi and say, look, at this kid's reaching 10 million people. Mm-hmm. Are you guys interested in this audience? Uh, yes, we are. OK, so why don't we do this whole marketing campaign for the next three months and let's really promote this artist and put the video out there and drive traffic to it and get 40 million views and you know that now you got now you got a ball, a ball rolling down the court here love it love it yeah. love it i love your uh, your logo or slogan i guess what you can dream we can create yeah so that was bijan he i like it yeah i i think um you know that that's a, a major part of everything that we're doing and it's at the core of uh, our philosophy and you know that's what we do we dream and, and you help people do something with their dream. Yes. yes. And that's, I mean, that's yes. what's the wish, what's the way, what's, what's in the way. way. It's figuring out what do you want, what's the way to get there, and what's going to get in your way. Let's think up how to, you know. And, and they will yeah. get in your way. Right. And think, right, right, things will get in your way, but you got to be ready to. It's how you react Bounce to back. it. Hurdle exactly. over totally. How you react to it. Totally. Oh, now you know what we have to talk about. I've been dying to get to this, even though all that's so fascinating. I just whole marketing thing, and you know. Yeah. Social media is not well. We all know how I how I am with social media, um, but really, Howard really hurts. Good. <laughs> I'm real. Oh, you're being positive, aren't you? Yes, I'm really, really good at social yeah. media. Um, Howard hurts made a, a, a special announcement at the uh, Detroit Music Awards. Yep. Right. Yep. We were there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love to say that because we I were. feel I feel so cool that I was there. Let's talk about that because that's Let's. the announcement. That's pretty not, amazing. Not that, not that she was there. Let's talk about the announcement. <laughs> oh, we can't talk about what I was wearing. No, you did. You looked stunning, though. Like you always do. That's what I love she about does. radio. You I'm do. joking. No, tell, tell, us tell about everybody the announcement, yeah, what that's was the announcement. Huge. Yeah, I, you know this has been years uh, that we've been talking about this, and Adrian Tonan is um, actually a, a distant cousin of mine, and his family. Um, they they. Uh, they're in the restaurant business, and um, you know Adrian is now working for Mayor Duggan, mm. and his family has Cafe Cortina, and just a fabulous Italian restaurant. And my uncle was Gino from Gino Surf, 
and he owned Gino's Pizzeria. So our families oh. were restaurant people. Uh-huh. And Adrian was in that that part of the business. And then he started working with community groups and neighborhoods. And Mike Duggan and his people took a liking to Adrian. And now Adrian's working in the mayor's office. So when Adrian and I were talking about, you know, some of the big needs of our city, you know, I was saying, you know, the music is such a voice for our city. Why do we not celebrate the music here? It's just insane that when people, and I knew it because my friends from the UK would come here. I'd have friends from Australia come here and I knew people from, you know, uh, you know, all over the world would come here all over the country and in Canada. And they would always say, Where's the music? You know, in Hitsville, USA is cool and Grand Boulevard there, but, you know, United Sound. But where is the music here? Why do we not celebrate it? Why don't we have a destination for the music here? Right. And even rebranding. We are Music City. Nashville is Country Music City. You know, we're Music City. No city on planet Earth can lay claim to so many great artists and influential artists in every genre of music. Right. Starting 100 years ago with jazz and blues. Right. And I was blessed to know Maurice King, the musical director at Motown, and Charlie Atkins and Beans Bowles and, you know, Maxine Powell and all the people behind the scenes. And, you know, Maurice King told me about Jackie Wilson, and he had the first all-girl big band in the 40s. You know, and he would take me back to the 30s and the 40s, and we would talk about the music in Detroit. And he said, you know, all the big artists when they came to Detroit to play in the in the neighborhoods here, like in what they called Paradise Valley, was 66 blocks in the 40s and 50s of right. blues and jazz right. bars. And Mr. King said, the a big artists would come to Detroit and they would leave their bands at home because they came to Detroit with charts because the great musicians were here, hmm. and. You know, this whole thing developed in, you know, with John Lee Hooker and Jackie Wilson and then Motown and the rock and, the you know, the gospel and the soul music and the R&B and the techno and the garage rock and the hip hop. And, you know, it's just I, I've, I've been able to see all this in my lifetime and hear the stories from people who lived it. And I thought, why not do this? So we started to make progress after meetings for six, eight months. And Christos Moisidis got involved, and he's in the, the film industry, and he's a video, and he's a part of the Entertainment Commission. Christos and Adrian and I got involved, and we, we started getting some serious meetings, and I said, okay, a lot of these ideas that I've been talking to you guys about, I've been talking about with Howard Hertz. And Howard already has momentum going on this end. So we brought Howard in, and that just changed the whole game. Ooh, Howard, wow. you know— just is so passionate about this. He's so right on. And, you know, a lot of this stemmed from my conversations early on with him. Wow. And I knew with him being such a, you know, a great attorney, being in the music business, knowing about copyright and knowing about music and knowing the back end with publishing. And he just is, uh, and he's so passionate about the music history. So when Howard got involved, that's when it went to a whole nother level. And then we started really having some serious meetings, and it was really important for us to get people unified around this. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have it not be just, say, an Illich project or Mm -hmm. not just a Gilbert project or a Goris project. We wanted to get all three of those monster businessmen together. 
because music is the one thing that we don't compete. They don't compete with each other. Mm -hmm. If they all support it, they all benefit for their own personal businesses. Right. And it's not just about building a museum and Hall of Fame, although that will become like a headquarters. It's about taking Detroit and really being a music city, maybe having districts around the city that are renamed so they're music-themed. Oh, how with, cool. With, with, you know, streets named after yeah. famous people and live venues right. with music playing all the time. And a lot right. of the venues say, well, we can't afford it, so let's get everybody together. How about let's get Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler all together so you guys all can work together and Mr. Goris, Mr. Gilbert, Mr. Illich, Let's put everybody together, create a fund so that the restaurants can go and say, oh, it's going to cost me 300 a night to have a piano player and a singer. Right. All right. Well, I'll get half the money from the fund and I'll pay half. Now that everybody's going to look at, oh, I can get help get I can help fund my my musical right. stuff. Now, if you come to Detroit and you see music, live music and venues everywhere. Right. You see areas that are called Black Bottom and Paradise Valley and right. Hitsville area and, you know, all, Groovesville. You know, all these things around Detroit, now we become a music city. Right. And the economic benefits of that, that, you know, we're working with a group that's called, you know, the making of a music city. And they're doing music cities all over the world. Yeah, that was fascinating, that report. Yeah, Yeah, that report is huge. And it's online. You can look up making of a music city and read what's going on. But the economic benefits of that, that's what the city wants to know. Okay, Brian, that's great that we're going to do. Right. Yeah. How do we make an economic benefit? There is economic benefits that have already been studied and researched. Right. And it's all there. Right. right. The facts. The, the, right. It's right. all there. The dollars. It's all there. there. Right. So that's a, a huge, huge part of this. And, you know, you know, bringing that all together and bringing sponsors in, you know, when we can create with the music cities around the world, you know, and I've talked to Bijan about taking 360 Access Music, and we create in all the music cities around the world, they have their own little, like, Facebook community, like we did with you, Detroit, where it becomes a musiccity.com or .tv. And Atlanta, you go to Atlanta, you go to Nashville, you go to, you know, Detroit, you go to New York, you go to Sydney, you go to London. And they all have their own communities with their own music, and you can tap into anybody's community and anybody's music and watch their videos. If they have a TV, a YouTube TV channel, or you know, you can hear their streaming of songs. And so now we're promoting all the music cities around the world as one. Wow! And I think that's really exciting. I it think is sponsors very will love exciting. that, and then get people in the communities to you know have conversations about the music and so you know, talking about it. Where how many people are involved in this? Like how many people are there's a board, right? Is there yeah. a board of directors? You're part of the board, right? Yeah. Well, I'm one of the executive board members. The four of us: uh, Howard, Adrian, Christos, and myself the executive board members who have put it all together. And then we have a board of about 20 people that we've put together and we're going to have our first meeting in a couple weeks. And then we're having an advisory board, which will be 50 or 60 people. Wow. You know, and you know, we're talking to a lot of people that have a serious passion Mm -hmm. for Detroit and Michigan music. Yeah. You know, and they're all over the world. So, you know, we want to get our board together now. That's why we're having our first meeting now. Because we're starting to talk about locations and possible places where this would be great to, you know, have a, a spot in the right area that could be a music museum telling the story of Detroit and 
American uh, popular music over the last hundred years. So will it be just Detroit music or is is it going to be like uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? Yeah, well, it's because Detroit has influenced the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Detroit will be at the core of it. Okay. But, I mean, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles were influenced by Detroit music. Right, I mean, if you look back at the day, the Beatles' first record had three Motown songs on it. Yeah. You know, so it's like... There's already this this whole thing, and we want to honor these people. Yeah, that you know, hey, the, you know, the the Rolling Stones, you know, they're a big part of Detroit music because they were inspired by it, right? You know, and so the Beatles, uh, you know, so many artists all over the world. So, but the main focus is Detroit and Michigan artists, okay? Because we have so many, yeah, that have come from our state. You know, I mean, look at you know. It's just, it still blows my mind every day. You know, I talk to people at Red Hot Chili Peppers. We got, you know, Anthony and Chad are from here. You know, people don't even realize wow. that. Wow, yeah. Know? Right, Why you make a great point, though. Why don't we celebrate that? I read somewhere where you said that you travel around, and pe- when you say where you're from, Detroit, people don't say, oh, Motor City. They bring up the music part of it. Always. And, right. and we, we haven't capitalized on that. And right. so, so let me ask you another question. Are you getting support from the from the government, you know, from the city and the local, I mean, and, and the state government on this yet, or have you not even gone there? Oh, no, we, we are actually. And, you know, now some people that are working in the Entertainment Commission for the uh, city of Detroit, you know, when we were at the Music Awards, now they're all coming on board. And I talked to, um, you know, some of the people in, in Lansing, and we talked about, and, you know, um, I, I'll just say it. We're talking about a Michigan Music Month. Oh, cool. Oh, that is cool. And so that the whole month will be all about celebrating oh, Michigan music. What, wow. what month, can you say? Well, we're not, we haven't come to the final conclusion, but let's just say it'll be warm. And, um, <laughs> well, that leaves us one month in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think uh, to do that, though, and get schools involved, I'd, I'd like to see it be like in June so mm-hmm. that we can at least get the end of the school year. And make a big celebration of Detroit music at the end of the school year and do festivals to start oh. the summer, kind of kick it off with the Techno Fest the electronic mm-hmm. movement yeah. that happens at the end of May, you know, all those kind of things. And I think, you know, doing something like that, you know, we are getting good positive support. I want to get support from the government, but I want to get support from sponsors and get, you know, our big business people and the car companies. Let me just say the car companies are so huge to get Ford, General Motor, and Chrysler into this all because the reason why, I think, one of the big reasons why Detroit is Music City is because of the car companies. Mm. When the automotive industry launched in Detroit over 100 years ago, it brought people from all over the country and the world here for work. And when they got here, working in a factory is cool, but when John Lee Hooker was at Ford Motor Company, he went to the bar and he started playing his guitar. And next thing you know, he's at United Sound making a hit record with Maurice King. Yeah. You know, so it's like this is a, a big part of us is the, mo- is the motor city, is the, mu- is the car industry. And we need them to get behind it. We need right. the, the big business people to get behind it, the sponsors to get behind it. Because if that happens, all this will benefit, as I got to mention this, is music education. Right. I, that was on my notes. Okay. So talk about that. 
that's a huge part of what we're doing because I think we're really missing the boat, not only in Michigan and Detroit, but in the country, and not incorporating music into our schools. Right. And not just having music classes, but incorporating music into the core curriculum. Right. Incorporating music into the math class, into the history class, into the STEM. Amen. And make STEM STEAM mm-hmm. with the arts. And we're not doing that across the country. And I live in Warren. My son goes to Wixpa, uh, Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts. You know, in Warren, they're doing it. Robert Livernoy is, uh, Dr. Robert Livernoy is the, is the, uh, the executive guy of uh, a Warren Consolidated Schools, and he's a music person. They're already using the arts. And I saw it with my kids in school when Jeremy was going to school and he's doing, you know, last year, eighth grade, he was doing in history class. They did a play on the Civil War. And it was all music. And wow. look, what's, look what's going on with Hamilton. Hamilton's in New York. You can't even buy tickets. A friend of mine told me his, his daughter, she just bought two tickets for $5,400. Wow. And my son is singing Hamilton, the song, in the car while we're driving. He's singing every single lyric to the song. I learned more about Alexander Hamilton and what he was about in that song than I ever did in my history oh, class. Wow. And oh. I'm thinking, why are we not using this in our school? So yeah. the benefactor of the Detroit Music Museum and Hall of Fame and the whole Detroit music experience, moving that forward, the benefactor for all that with the sponsors, the car companies, the big business people, let's bring music to the schools and the education system and make a difference and help change the way we teach our kids going into the you know the new the new world. Wow. I can't imagine that anybody that you talk to about this is saying, ah, you're crazy. I mean, nobody has said that. I can't, yeah. I can't. So let me ask you this because I know we're limited on time here. Um, how do people get involved? Like, how well, can, can they get do? involved in the future? As, as this gets going, how can, you know, just people like us get involved? Well, you know, I, I think in the social media to start with. But you know we're gonna we're gonna create a website around all this stuff, okay? And you know get start getting involved, and you know it's it's a lot of things are in motion right now, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of putting some of these things together. But I think to keep in in touch through the social media is a great way to start this right now. Okay, um, we're gonna create a Facebook page around it and a YouTube channel and uh, a website, you know, and we're talking about that now. Um, but I think, you know, it's just, you know, I would love to get, you know, more people involved, but I think we have to have all our ducks in a row right. and have our foundation set right. so that we can do this right. right. This idea has been going around for a little while, you know, um, th- there's been talk of it. There's been conversations around it. And, you know, I- I've heard about, you know, this kind of music hall of fame and that kind of music hall of fame. We're music. Cleveland's got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's great, Cleveland. You got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We have the Music Hall of Fame. To me, that's a whole nother level. Right, right. Mm. Let me ask you one more thing. How long does it take, according to some of the studies, to rebrand a city or to create a music city? Like, is this a a 10-year, is is it going to be 10 years where you're going to feel it and see it? Is it going to be 15 years? No way. No? No. You know, in that report, they talked about Austin, Texas, and how they... Austin is amazing. In 1991, they started with the tagline, live, live. music uh, of the world, right. uh, live music capital of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So 
how long? Do you know how long it took them to to really be established as well, that? They've been established for most of the, my career. I've I've known about Austin. You know, mm-hmm. I think that if we can get this established, put up an office to get things rolling, to establish a possible location for this, that you know, okay, here's where it's going to be. It's going to take a few years to build it. To do it right. Mm-hmm. But we could have a temporary location that starts this. And more importantly, we could do it online. And we could really make an experience to reach the world online. And with our traffic driving tools, we can find people all over the world that will come to our music experience, Detroit music that we're going to do. And they can go online and listen to Detroit radio, Detroit TV. They can see exhibits. We can start this immediately. And we can right. start the live music in the venues. And we start to get the city behind it. So, you know, how long is it going to take? I don't know. Um, but I'm not thinking 10 years uh, or 15 years. I'm thinking three to five years Wow, where we can really – come on. We have a history. We can build this. Right. What's our right. tagline going to be? You know, I don't know. Okay, just I, just wondering. I, I, you know, that's that's right now wide open, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to brainstorm a little. Yeah. Now, on a personal note, we'll end with this. I know where I think we we need to wrap up. Um, but you said at one time, "quote I always I have always felt that so much of life was about the rhythm and groove." Unquote. You still feel that way? Yes. Yes, and it sounds like you've have found your groove. I feel like I have. Yeah. And it's still important to me, even though I don't play my drums anymore as much as I should. And I'm getting nudged by a few people to get back and start playing a little bit. But, you know, I when I got out of playing drums and got into the business side and production side, I realized how much being a drummer taught me in the band and how much I learned from the music. And that's, again, the music education piece. You know, how much I learned from establishing the groove and getting everybody to play together, to play on the same plane, to, you know, let's make the sound unified. Even though we're seven, let's sound like one, Mm -hmm. you know, and business is like that. Right. And when you do things in life, it's like that. Your family is like that. Right. So, so much is about the rhythm and the groove and getting, finding where you're going and stay within that and look and dream and dream big and know that you can make it happen. Wow. What a great way to end. (sighs) So the rhythm rhythm and groove of life is really what you're talking about. Well, maybe we could everything. work that into the tagline. Listen to me, we. Yeah. <laughs> You're not on the board, Denise. Um, you know what? You know, I got to. I got to tell you, I'm a drummer, but you know, I I heard uh, uh, Herbie Hancock say, you know, the drummer is the key guy in the band. You got to have a great drummer, and uh-huh. most of the time, people don't even know who the drummer is. Right. And most they know the singer and the guitar player. Right. You know, and right. or the piano player, but. The drummer is the key. If I'm going to, you know, have somebody says they're going to put together a band, I'm going to say, listen, most important guy you're going to have is that drummer and that bass player. They're the ones who are going to build the foundation for your house. Wow. And if you got that, you know, and I saw it with all the great bands, mm-hmm. you know, come on, roll, you know, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were the stars, but I'll tell you what, they wouldn't go anywhere without Charlie. Right. You know, and the same thing with the Beatles, you know, what made them different was Ringo's style and the way he played. And the producer, George Martin, knew that. 
The other guy they had before him was a better drummer, but he didn't have the swing mm. that made you dance like Ringo had. Hmm. And he saw that Ringo could take that swing and put it to those simple songs that they were writing, and people would be dancing away. And they were right. Wow. You know, so, you know, hey, I, I just uh, I just think that, the, you know, I'm grateful for I started out being a drummer. I still feel like I'm a drummer, but uh, I'm just in a different world. Wow. Yes. Well, still I'll tell you music. what, I, I'm absolutely just blown away at this whole new movement. And I, I don't know if you ever take time to just sit back and... And reflect it as to what you're going to be doing. I mean, the change that you're going to make, that you're going to be part of the group of people that rebranded a city. That's you're going to be in your I know you're in magazines right now for drums, but you're going to eventually be case studies for how to rebrand yeah. a city or in it, not just necessarily in music, but just taking something and, and you know, creating the whole brand that is you know well respected around the world yeah i mean that's amazing well thank you and you know i've been around a while now and i I just get to the point in your life where you you know if you're gonna do it you know i don't want to just make money i want to make a difference yeah and i'm at the point like when i'm long gone if i can do one thing that sticks around you know that's the whole spiritual thing in life you know i mean Frank Sinatra is not here, but let me tell you, man, every time I hear his songs, I feel him. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. if we can contribute to helping re-identify Detroit as a music city, and we can do that in my lifetime and my friends, my family, um, you know, I'll feel, I'll feel real happy. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you for being here. We're going to have you back on because we're going to stay on top of this. Yeah. Um, just tell them about the drink. Oh, so, well, I was going to make a drink called Adrenaline <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the band, but I, I thought that might be a little too much and we'd be bouncing off the walls. It's I a get, little early for I get, yeah. I get so hyper uh, interviewing people as it is. Um, but then I decided, since I have a an Italian co-host mm-hmm. and an Italian guest, I would make an Italian sangria. Um, unfortunately, I can see yours. I keep talking about the ice that melted in yours. Um, but, yeah, it's just a it's cool, ref- cool, refreshing um, sangria. It's got some Italian Prosecco in there and some fruit and, you know, a few other things. So that's what we've been sipping on this show. And, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do you want to tell them what I, the big boo-boo that I made, though? Oh, you tried to kill me. I tried. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not I, the first time. Well, I, I wanted her to so swell she, up so she couldn't talk, and yeah, I'd have this Swell up and shut up is what interview she to myself. To do. I put nectarines in it. She's allergic to peaches. Yeah. Oh. And nectarines are so closely yeah. related that unfortunately, oh, I just spit halfway across the room. Um, Jackie wasn't able to sip on our yeah. drink of the week. You tried to kill me. Oh. I tried, okay. I tried to get right. you to swell up. That's even, all. even though I got Brian to come here, you tried to kill me. <laughs> I tried to hog the interview. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> no. All right, Brian Pastoria, thank you so yeah, much. Thank and people you. can uh, look up the 360 Axis, right? Yeah, 360 Axis is AXS. It's 360AXS.com. Okay. And that kind of gives an overview of what we're doing. Okay. And 360 Access Music will be launching soon. Okay. And I think that's going to be a very exciting movement. But it's all based around 360 Access and what we do with social media marketing. Okay. That's, that's at the core, I think, of all that we're doing. Perfect. And we also make – we are content creators as well because we have so many creative people on staff 
that we don't have to go and, you know, the first thing you do in a social media campaign is you need content. Right. Where's the video? Where's the graphic? Where's the image? Where's the, we can do all that. My brother Mark is one of the great, you know, writers for, you know, branding and jingle stuff and music stuff. So, you know, we got creative director, uh, you know, we've got internal people doing videos, graphic design. We have some of the best graphic design people. So that's a very exciting part of this is that we can not only do the marketing, but we can create the content to do the marketing. Excellent. So we are going to post that link up on our Facebook page. Perfect. And then um, if and, people you know, want to get a hold of you, they can go through that site. Yeah, and we're also working in the medical community and uh, healthcare with 360healthgroup.com and working with a great company called Big Bang Health and really redefining what they're doing in the healthcare and young people and how to get better rates and find doctors and save mm-hmm. money and Okay, so is that for somebody who needs insurance then, health insurance? Yeah, the Big Bang Health is about all about health insurance and you know business people that that are doing that. You might you guys might want to talk to somebody on the Big Bang Group as well on this and Oh wonderful. We can talk about three sixty health group and how we can help the doctors drive traffic for the you know, their offices and that kind of stuff. Wow. All right. Great. Well so so Excellent. I know. Exciting. My mind's just reeling. Stuff. So I know. reeling so much, I'm, I'm well, we at a loss for words. <laughs> we can't <laughs> keep going. No, but we can't. Anyway, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank uh, you so much. I appreciate you having me. Bye. Awesome. I, I really love your like story. It. Yes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And you then this will be up um, in about 24 hours on SoundCloud and also iTunes. So if you want to hear it again so that you can get some of those details, um, just go on to SoundCloud, iTunes, and then also check out 360axs.com. Yep. Brian Pastoria. Have a Thank great uh, 4th of July. Yes. Uh, I'll see you back here when yes. I'm done from vacation or back from vacation. Yeah. But we do want to leave you with this. Uh, remember, sometimes your only available transportation is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a Love leap. <laughs> we are going to close the show today with these. Road of the Gypsy by Adrenaline.
You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Nooner Show with Jackie and Denise.